0: This week on Pop Culture Confidential, an Emmy winner in 2016 for The People vs. O.J. Simpson, and Emmy nominee this year for his role on the massive hit This Is Us. It's been quite a year for the talented Sterling K. Brown. everyone, welcome back to Pop Culture Confidential. I'm Christina yerling biro First of all, thank you so much for all your great response and feedback on the first couple of shows of the season. We are so glad to be back. And this week, I get to talk to someone I've wanted to interview for a very long time, actor Sterling K. Brown. So last year, many of us were very taken by the excellent FX series, The People vs. O.J. Simpson, American Crime Story. It starred, among others, Sarah Paulson and John Travolta. I was certainly not the only one to notice Sterling K. Brown's incredible portrayal of Christopher Darden. Darden was the prosecutor in a difficult position, the one who asked O.J. Simpson to try on that infamous glove, a dramatic turn in the prosecution's case. Brown's performance as Darden was really complex and nerve-wracking, and talked about by audiences and critics alike. Brown earned his B.A. in Drama from Stanford, he worked for many years in the New York theater scene, and he has a long TV career with roles on Army Wives, Person of Interest, and Supernatural. But his Christopher Darden performance was something of a breakout role. It won him the Emmy for Best Supporting Actor in a Limited Series, and the year that would follow for him is nothing less than Meteoric, the most successful of his nearly 15-year career. Brown has a whole slate of movies coming up, a supporting role in this fall's Marshall, a period drama about Thurgood Marshall's early career, and it's already getting him Oscar buzz. Hotel Artemis alongside Jodie Foster. He has a part in Shane Black's The Predator and in Ryan Coogler's very much-awaited Black Panther, due to be released in February 2018. But it is probably for his role as Randall, for which he is Emmy-nominated this year in NBC's mega-success This Is Us, that Sterling K. Brown is most known and loved. This Is Us, a family relationship drama following siblings Kate, Kevin, and Randall, has really resonated with viewers, and anticipation for the upcoming season 2 is huge. Randall, played by Brown, has an emotional journey on the show, dealing with his own childhood adoption, suffering through anxiety, reconnecting with his biological father, and so on. Audiences are shedding lots of tears and really connecting with the universal themes of family, loss, and joy.
1: You are getting in the car right now, and we are going to this doctor's appointment. And then, and only then, will I give you permission to hobble off like Hobo Joe without saying so much as a good starting to not feel so bad about leaving you at that fire station. Yeah, whatever.
0: This Is Us is the highest rated new network series among adults 18 to 49 of the past season. 12.8 million viewers watched the season finale this spring. Without a doubt, Sterling K. Brown is having a moment. Mr. Brown, good morning and welcome to the show.
2: Morning, Christina.
0: I am going to jump right in because I have so many questions in a little short amount of time. Let's do it. You have a long career in theater and TV, but I wrote to you uh, for an interview request the first time after I watched the post-verdict press conference scene on The People vs. O.J., where you as Darden just broke my heart. Then, in what felt like minutes, Sterling Kane Brown was all over. The biggest show on TV, This Is Us, new movie announcements, Marshall, Black Panther, Emmy Awards, singing duets on the TSAs, just a meteoric rise. And I'm like, he's never going to talk to me now. (laughs) Look at that. Look at that. But did it feel the same way for you this past year? What has been the biggest change for you?
2: Oh, wow. Let's see. I think the, 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 the asks for publicity, you know, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the desire to promote the show. Like normally for the beginning of my career, you're just supposed to act. And that's still what I love to do is to act. But now being one of the faces of the show, being asked to do more promotion, because even on OJ, I wasn't one of the faces of that show. In the beginning, the publicity asks were on Sarah and Courtney and John and, you know, a host of other people, David, swimmer, et cetera. Uh, but now being in a position where, you know, folks want to talk to me, that you, Christina, are actually in a place where you're looking forward to talking to me. That's <laughs> fairly new.
0: And do you enjoy that? You know, it's
2: interesting. I I do. I, I enjoy, for, because for the most part, people are genuinely enthusiastic and very kind with regards to the projects that, I'm, that I've been asked to promote. It's always nice to get a firsthand sort of account of how things are affecting people. So, yeah, I do.
0: And, and you've done a lot. I haven't even gotten to the part where you deliver your own baby yet. <laughs> but um, let's talk about Christopher Darden, please. This role that was so amazing and, and how you prepared for that. We have the benefit of history. We can analyze the times, that incredible media impact and, and Darden's choices. But you playing him, you were he was stepping into this alone. We didn't know at that time. How do you as an actor sort of clean the slate of history to go back to what he was going through then
2: this is such a not a great answer but the truth of it and the short answer is you just do right because Mm -hmm. you know when people play hamlet or othello you don't go into it knowing that like you know you kill your wife at the end of this play right or (laughs) in hamlet like you know you die you know you enter the journey believing for the best possible outcome until experience turns you into another direction Um, and that's what you do. You, you never play the end of the scene in the beginning. And even though we know the outcome of the trial, uh, you know, Darden and and Clark didn't know the outcome of it going into it. And they fought their asses off with the hopes that they could get, um, a conviction. And so that's, that's what you do. You put yourself in the mindset of like, what can I do to win? And Sarah and I, Sarah Paulson and I sometimes would say like, Wow. Do you think if we did, if Marsha and Chris had done this, do you think things would have been different? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know, but we just, you know, you, you put forth your best effort and you believe that every fiber of your being, that victory is a possibility so that when the victory does not come your way, you feel that sense of loss, the tremendous sense of loss of time, of of respect, of energy, that those two people felt when that trial was completed.
1: You think I don't understand the situation? I get it. It's payback. OJ is the first black defendant in history to get off because he's black. The people will see who the police really All the people saw is how well you can twist the system. This isn't some civil rights milestone. Police in this country will keep arresting us, Keep beating us. Keep killing us. You haven't changed anything for black people here, unless, of course, you're a famous rich one in Brentwood.
0: One of the things you do—correct me if I'm wrong—is it? There seems you seem to be so physically playing him with your face. There's so much pain and conflict in your face. Was this something you did, or is it just something I'm seeing?
2: I mean, no, what what you try to do anytime that you're on camera, and especially with a character like like Darden, who for such a long period of time in the course of the trial, uh, from my perspective, tried to sort of put a lid on you know what was bubbling underneath the surface. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I, he strikes me as the kind of person that if you played poker with him, you'd have a pretty good chance of reading what was going on in his hand because his frustration whether or not he was able to verbalize it or not was palpable and so i was just trying to capture that and i've watched you know as much footage as i possibly could and one thing that i remember in particular was his look when the jury came back with the not not guilty verdict and he has his chair turned directly to the jury mm-hmm. and in the actual trial each juror is enumerates their their uh their verdict of not guilty like one through 12 and he just sits there and he looks at them with this utter look of incredulousness he, he can't believe what's transpiring it's like he's trying to look a dagger through each and every one of them so yeah his, his face is very expressive
0: has he ever contacted you after
2: no no never before never since and uh, you know, maybe never will, but uh that's
0: okay, Randall and this is us and and Darden, they seem to me in a way a bit similar. They're both very controlled, keeping things inside. um, would you say that they're sort of facing, of course, very, very different things but but in a way, some of the same challenges
2: uh definitely in a way, i mean they're they're both. African American men navigating uh, you know, a fairly white world in terms of their occupations. And so just trying to, to make the best of, of that situation. Um I would say Randall, like chiefly he's more of a he's more of a emotional guy. Not to say that Darden wasn't, but like I think Randall loves loving um mm-hmm. uh, mm. his family. Uh, you know he he has more highs. I think he allows himself to experience more joy um than Darden did. Um but they both have to walk walk this very sort of, you know, specific lane of recognizing their place in the world while trying to make it a better world for themselves and others in it. Like so Randall will talk about um you know what it's like to be watched while he's going through a store and knowing that you know people are asking for his id when they may not ask for for white folks um in the same way and darden is in a very precarious situation where he's asked to be the black face of the prosecution but you know anytime he tries to get input beyond just showing up for work he's constantly sort of battling to have his opinions be heard and respected right. so there's similarities but they're Different. Right.
0: One of the things you've said about Randall that I just read in an interview is that um, you like the fact that he is black on purpose on the show. Can you elaborate what you mean, what you meant by that?
2: Uh, absolutely. I I think I've spent so much of my career um, being the benefactor, quite frankly, of, of colorblind ca- casting, mm-hmm. um, where you'll get a, a breakdown for a character and it and say, You know all ethnicities you know submit submit all ethnicities which is which is great gives an opportunity for any and everybody to show up and book a job um but what's really interesting for me is to be seen right to not turn a blind eye to the fact that i'm african-american and that my being african-american is part of the story that that my background can be used to illuminate a perspective that may have been sort of washed over before. And so it's it's great to not have any sort of prejudice mm-hmm. and to believe that all men are created equal, and I believe that too. But what's even better is to recognize and appreciate the differences that we all bring to the table and have those things talked about in an open form. And I feel like for network television, oftentimes you just are black by happenstance. And Randall Pearson is most definitely black on purpose Mm -hmm. Him being adopted by an all white family. The journey that his family takes to sort of raise this young black man, recognizing that he has different needs and wants than his brother and sister, um, I think is a really, really wonderful story to tell.
0: Which I really think is what you're putting your finger on. Why there's the incredible twelve point eight million viewers on this show that they they managed to do that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, it's it's interesting. I feel like, in general, well, in general, this is sort of uh, the paradox of it. Uh, the more specific you are, um, the greater your reach. Your reach. Mm. Um, and so. You know, when you are able to delve into a story of transracial adoption and, you know, the weight issues that Kate has and the sort of identity crisis that Kevin's going through with regards to his career and how he fits into his family with his overweight sister receiving so much attention and his adopted African-American brother receiving so much attention, where does that leave him? Like, the more specific you get, the more universal the themes tend to reach out. I can't tell you how many people said they've related to Randall, whether they're an adoptee, not an adoptee, black, white, Asian, Latino, etc. People can see themselves in the character, and I credit our writers with, with really delving into the specifics of this family history to make something that has such a universal appeal.
1: I went to William's apartment to get his old Thanksgiving tapes. I was about to go, and I saw this envelope, I said, I know that handwriting. That's my mother's handwriting. But how, how could that be? That, it doesn't make sense, right? Okay. So I, uh, dear William, I'm sorry I had to leave in such a hurry, but it was wonderful to see you looking so well after all these years. ...after all these years. Randall, you have to understand... Understand what? That you knew my father? That you kept him from me my entire life? Everything that I... Just stop! Please. I can't, I can't
0: even look at you, and something that's not very commonly depicted on TV is this the struggle for perfectionism all to the point of a nervous breakdown um, which he goes through that kind of pressure uh, this is something very universal as well, right
2: absolutely um, I, and and in particular the episode in which Randall has a breakdown i had a lot of people reach out to me personally and on social media just talking about how appreciative they were to see someone who was seemingly perfect deal with the same sort of struggles that they may deal with on a personal level and it was important to me to try to do justice to that storyline because I have people in my family who suffer from different anxiety disorders, et cetera. And just because you don't see those scars and you don't see those wounds, they tend to get glossed over and say like, ah, you know, pick yourself up and make it, you know, and make it, but like they're, they're real and um, more of us have to deal with them than we care to acknowledge. And so I was happy to sort of put that in the national conversation at least for a little while.
0: What's coming up for Randall? What can you tell us for season two?
2: Yeah, the, the biggest thing that Randall and and Beth are dealing with is this whole uh, idea about adopting and how exactly to move forward um, with that. Randall's very inspired by you know the life of William, um, by the lives of his mother and father, Jack and Rebecca, and wants to see if he can do something to pay homage to them. And so Beth has her own ideas on how this should progress as well. And so they have to figure out how exactly to move forward as a couple. And that's 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 going to be a big storyline for them throughout the beginning of the season.
0: So it was announced that you have a role in Ryan Coogler's very much awaited Black Panther. I know it's early, but what can you tell us about your role in the movie?
2: So my character's name is N'Jobo, and he's a character from T'Challa's past. Uh, T'Challa's played by Chad Boseman, uh, and he's the Black Panther, as we know him. Mm-hmm. And I'm very careful about what I say in the Marvel <laughs> Universe because I don't want to get kneecapped or anything like that. <laughs> but <laughs> what I can say is that Joe Robert Cole, And uh, Ryan Coogler have come up with a wonderful script that gives you all of the bells and whistles that one comes to expect from a Marvel action film, as well as a really poignant social storyline for this day and age. Um, You have this warrior nation of Wakanda that has been sort of isolated throughout time and has kept their borders safe. And so, you know, how do they sort of move themselves into modern society? What is their place in a global sort of uh, society? Mm-hmm. Uh, is a very central question that goes on, but the performances are amazing. And the level of pride that I have in terms of being a part of the film is tremendous. Explorers have searched for it. As a young man, you know, going to a superhero film, watching Michael Keaton playing Batman or watching Christopher Reeves playing Superman. And now I get a chance to see Chadwick Boseman, who looks a lot like me, who looks a lot like my sons, going right. black, black Panther. And I get a chance to take my six-year-old to the movie theater to see a black superhero. Uh, that, that means more than I can possibly put into words in the amount of time that we have but it's nice to see that that image is going to be a large a large one that's going to be permeating and and little kids of all ethnicities are going to be dressing up as the black panther for halloween like that gives me so much excitement uh, i can't even say
0: just because I referenced it in the beginning, I do want to refer to the fact you did actually deliver your baby, right? I did indeed. Yeah. I did indeed. My
2: first child was born at home with no help or assistance. Now, credit where it's due. My wife, wife yes. delivered the Thank baby. You. I, I, I caught him when he came out. Okay. Well,
0: I wish you an equally great next year. And and I guess if it doesn't work out, you can always become a doula, right?
2: Most definitely. Definitely.
0: Thank you so much for your time. This was great and good luck with the next season.
2: Thank you so much, Christina.
0: Thank you so much to Sterling K. Brown. This Is Us Season 2 premieres on September 26th in the US and later on TV3 in Sweden. And Sterling's new movie Marshall premieres on October 13th. Black Panther in early spring 2018. And there's so many more movies with Sterling K. Brown to look forward to. And thank you for listening. Um, Please follow us on popcultureconfidential.com. You can follow us on Twitter at PodPopCulture. Send us your feedback, your thoughts, and please rate us on iTunes, or soundcloud that's really helpful this show was edited by tom hansen theme music by carl borg and produced by renee witterstedt and myself i'm christina yerling biro thank you so much for listening